0: going on everyone welcome into the pfn fantasy football podcast my name is kyle yates and i'm your host i can be found on twitter at kyle y nfl i'm joined here today by derek tate he can be found on twitter at derek tate nfl and our special guest here for this waiver wire episode is alfredo brown he can be found on twitter at the pretend gm alfredo derek i will come back to you in a second alfredo how are you today on this fine monday morning
1: i'm feeling good i'm good i'm sorry i have taken a little spotlight away from derek but i'm happy to be on the show i'm glad you invited me
0: derek how are we doing today my friend
2: no spotlight on me needed, my friend. You are the star of this the guest star of this show. I'm excited to go ahead and talk a little waiver wire action. Uh, you know, I, I'm 500 above 500 in most of my fantasy leagues. Feeling pretty good about some of my calls and some exciting guys to get to on the waiver wire this week. It is
0: week six waiver wire and that just feels ridiculous to say as like it's also like i talk about this all the time like the season is absolutely flying by but at the same time feels like so much has happened where it's like dragging on at the same time it's a weird dynamic let's get into some of the action here for week six and waiver wire and stuff like that obviously we have two big injuries that we need to talk about from a fantasy football perspective one of them is anthony richardson the quarterback of the indianapolis colts here dealing with as we are recording this here on monday Dealing with a grade 3 AC sprain. Now, he is going to have further uh, MRI, you know, and and tests here done to determine the severity of that injury. Grade 3 AC sprain, which is an estimated four to six week timeline. We could potentially be looking at Anthony Richardson landing on injured reserve here as we go into the next few weeks here, which obviously means Gardner Minshew. We will certainly talk about him here in just a little bit. But Derek, I wanted to talk about this with you should we have any concern about anthony richardson now quarterback design runs the concussion in week two and then now this you know shoulder sprain and all that sort of stuff should we be concerned about anthony richardson when he does come back
2: i don't think so i think it's just the nature of the beast of playing the national football league and with being a dual threat quarterback, someone of his stature and his dynamic playmaking ability, Shane Steichen's trying to leverage that against opposing defenses and has seen plenty of success when Anthony Richardson's been on the field. He's just been a little bit unlucky as far as catching you know, a case of the injury bug. So I, I, I'm not going to be too concerned about his like dynasty outlook moving forward. I just think it's kind of the nature of when you're taking more hits at the quarterback position, you're exposed a little bit more to potentially picking up these type of injuries. And he's been, unfortunately, you know, a little dinged up through the first five weeks of the NFL season. Better days are ahead, but I- I'm not super concerned. I just hope that he gets healthy and, help- and right back in the fantasy lineups uh, sooner rather than later.
0: The other injury that happened on Sunday that had fantasy managers freaking out was Justin Jefferson pulling up with a hamstring injury. Now, at the time of recording, we do not know the severity of this injury. So, Alfredo, I'll ask you this question. What is the fallout here from Justin Jefferson? Let's assume that it is a multiple-week injury here for him. Who should we be looking at? What's sort of the fallout here in Minnesota?
1: Well, I'm. I mean, huh, you might be teasing one of my wide receiver waiver wire ads here, but uh, I think one of the first guys that you really have to look at here is going to be KJ Osborne, because that's really the guy that you're able to add off the waiver wire. I don't think there's many leagues where Jordan Addison is out there. Uh, but you know, I think that if Justin Jefferson is to miss one week, two weeks, whatever it is, TJ Hawkinson immediately becomes the number one target on this team, right? You might get a little bit more involvement with the running backs, but that's not really their thing uh, between Madison and Akers. Jordan Addison then gets this big opportunity to blow up quite a bit. And KJ Osborne becomes a weekly streamer, very similar to what we saw with Joshua Palmer and the Chargers. It's kind of like that wide receiver handcuff type thing. Once a star wide receiver is missing, it's the next guy up. And this is such a high volume offense. So uh, yeah, any of those guys, uh, particularly KJ Osborne coming off the waiver wire. All right.
0: I'm sure we will talk about him more in just a little bit. If you are watching this over on YouTube, PFN, fantasy youtube.com slash at pfn fantasy over on youtube make sure that you hit the like button that you subscribe to the channel and that you click that bell to get notified for when our new content drops a ton coming your way here as we move throughout each and every week of the nfl season additionally if you're listening make sure to leave a rating and review here takes you 30 seconds out of your day to leave a rating and review helps out the show in a massive massive way we appreciate all the support all the reviews that come in make sure if you're listening here 30 seconds out of your day leave a rating a review helps out in a massive way All right, let's get into running back waiver wire rankings here for week six. Derek, I will start here with you. Who is at number five in the running back waiver wire rankings for you?
2: Hey, I'm going to go down to Arizona uh, and tell me if I get the first name correct because I don't have the phonetic spelling in front of me. Amari DiBercato? Sure. We'll go for (laughs) it. Look, we saw that uh, James Conner left the game with a knee injury, did not return, then 10 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown for De Mercado. Now I know that Keontae Ingram has also been was inactive with a neck injury. So there's no guarantee that he's just going to be the guy if Connor is unavailable, because there are potentially some other running backs that could get involved. But he's certainly worth a speculative ad and, and was productive and mildly efficient with 10 carries. Uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals, so uh, he's definitely worth an add. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not breaking the bank. I'm probably spending somewhere between like you know five to ten percent of my free agent, uh, my fab on him this week.
0: Alfredo, did demarcado crack
1: the top five for you? It's funny. He actually is number five for me as well on my running back list. And uh, DeMarcado So the thing with him is that he has a past experience or at least on his resume of being a good pass catcher and that was a role that he was kind of taking a little bit from james connor so if there is you know this issue here where james connor has to miss one or two weeks we saw in this past game i know that it was a little bit wonky because of uh not having Keontae ingram but amari de mercado got hundred percent of the work once connor went out 10 carries 45 yards touchdown three targets that's exactly what he used to do back in college with Kendry Miller. He was the pass catching guy. So we could see this role. It may not be for long, but it could be a very valuable role for maybe two weeks here. So if you're the fantasy manager with James Conner and you didn't have De Di Mercado on your roster, that, that's probably where I'd be looking
0: right now available in 99% of leagues. So I think that you can go out there and find Dean Mercado on the waiver wire. Definitely someone worth looking at here if you are dealing with running back injuries. Derek, I'm going to send it back over to you. Who is number four in your running back waiver wire pickups?
2: So we're trying to always identify some high value handcuffs at the running back position, right? And one that kind of stood out to me, and I know it was a blowout of a game, and I know that Elijah Mitchell was inactive, but I thought Jordan Mason, looked pretty impressive in, you know, complimentary duties in the backfield alongside Christian McCaffrey, 10 carries, 69 yards and found the end zone. So uh, of course we don't have a huge sample size to go off of. I'm just looking at, did he pop when he got his opportunities and was he efficient? And to me he did. So I I can't definitively say, Oh, it's Elijah Mitchell. 100% is the only handcuff that is a viable option. If McCaffrey were to go down to me, Mason made a pretty compelling case that he could, you know, be an effective back if given an opportunity in this San Francisco offense. So he kind of comes in at number four for me after a, an an interesting performance and one that kind of intrigues me against the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Yeah, I think that again we talked about this on last week's podcast of getting a head start on potential injuries and getting these guys that are the handcuff options, these high level insurance running backs. Now Elijah Mitchell has been banged up for the majority of this year, the banged up for the majority of his career up to this point. So. There's no guarantee that it would be Elijah Mitchell if Christian McCaffrey were to knock on freaking wood, go down with an injury. Then it would be potentially the chance to get Jordan Mason onto your roster ahead of that major rush. I like the call here. Alfredo, who is at RB4
1: in the waiver wire pickups for you? Uh, So it's very fitting that we're talking about these handcuff running backs because it's been very similar for me here at running back four. I'm looking at Kendry Miller for the New Orleans Saints. He's available in roughly 93% of leagues. And this past week, career highs and rushing and receiving yards. He got 15 touches on 26 snaps. Now, there's the caveat. Most of this happened in the fourth quarter when the game was just wildly out of reach. I'm sorry, Patriots fans, for bringing it back up. It was not good. But he's shown, and I, I kind of mentioned this with De Mercado, Kendry Miller didn't get a big opportunity to show what he could do in the passing game in college He's now shown that in the NFL where he is a capable pass catcher. So uh, this isn't me saying that he's going to start to steal work from Alvin Kamara. I believe this is 100% his backfield. But this is more about, you know, we're getting nearly a third of the way through the season here. This is a time where you start to have those insurance policies on your roster, especially, you know, it, it what, what with these rookie running backs their workload just starts to grow so much more as the season goes. The team cut Tony Jones Jr. Kendry Miller's way more dynamic than Jamal Williams. So this is a guy I'm willing to throw a little bit of fab on. We had high expectations for Kendry
0: Miller coming into the year. Now, obviously banged up dealing with a hamstring injury off the top of my head, going into the start of the regular season, really starting to get up to speed here as we move into the latter portions here of the early part of the season. And I think that Kendry Miller has the talent to carve out a significant role. I like including him here as I probably not someone that you're going to be able to trust on a weekly basis here just yet, but as we do see the rookie roles, the rookie running back roles increase as the season moves along, Kendra Miller could be a beneficiary of that here very soon. Derek, I'll send it back to you. Who is at RB3 in the waiver wire pickups?
2: Speaking of not being able to trust someone for week number six, it's a guy that appeared on my list last week in this, on this podcast, and it's a guy that also appeared on my Sleepers article, for week number five that was Justice Hill. and we've seen now the two weeks without JK Dobbins so week two and week five where you know I think Justice Hill was closer to fully healthy last week than he was when he came back into the lineup and back into the fold in week four. Yep. you know, seven carries found the end zone four receptions, which has been foreign to Baltimore Ravens running backs in the passing game over the last uh, you know four years. Uh, with Lamar Jackson under center. But, you know, I'm intrigued by what I've seen from Justice Hill so far this season. And once again, I know it was a weird game between them and the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Hill has been involved in the two weeks that he's been really healthy without J.K. Dobbins in the lineup. He even scored twice in week one when J.K. Dobbins was in for part of the game. So Justice Hill is still somebody that I feel like is more than worthy of a roster spot. He comes in at number three for me.
0: All right. Alfredo, let's send it back to you. RB3 pickup on the week.
2: Yeah, number three,
1: Tajay Spears, Tennessee Titans. He's available in 75% of leagues. And uh, this is, I wouldn't even call this a handcuff anymore. This is a guy who's starting to get a ton of the work. He's played 50% or more of the snaps in each of the last three games for the Titans. And uh, I I love this number from Jacob Gibbs over at CBS Sportsline. Spears outsnapped Derrick Henry in three of five games this season. And he's outscored him in fantasy points in two of five games. So this is not the same Derrick Henry we've seen in years past. This is not your typical handcuff style situation. This is a guy in Tajay Spears who is incredibly dynamic, and I think the Titans also know he probably doesn't have a long career ahead of him with those knees, so they want to use as much of him as they can. The Titans simply just don't have good weapons on this team outside of Henry and DeAndre Hopkins. We've seen in the last game 12 opportunities to Derrick Henry's 15. Opportunities are targets and carries combined. Taiji Spears is going to continue to be used. He's right now tied for third on the team in targets. I know it's not a great offense, but a player of this talent getting this kind of usage early on in the season, my assumption here is it should only grow as the season goes on.
0: Derek, does Taiji Spears land in the top
1: five for you?
2: I, yeah, he comes in at number two and that you hit the nail on the head. This is no longer just a handcuff situation. If we've been paying attention to the usage rate and the snap share and uh, you know, our opportunities as a whole coming from this Tennessee offense, Tajay Spears seems to be checking the box and those numbers seem to be going up and up and up and up. Um, even with Derrick Henry as the lead back in this offense and this offense right now just doesn't have a lot of juice. I know trail on Burks missed this week. You know, Deandre Hopkins had his best game of the, of the 2023 season, but I think that this passing offense is going to continue to be very below average. And that's putting it very gently, um, so the fact that Tajay Spears saw a season-high five targets, four receptions, I think that they just want to get the ball into the hands of playmakers, and Spears has been a playmaker. He's been a, a very efficient back with his opportunities minus the one Cleveland disaster game. Uh, so, yeah, no, Tajay Spears comes in at number two for me, and I'm, I'm willing to go with probably as high as like 10% of my fab because I feel comfortable that if I'm in a pinch in a deeper PPR league, I feel comfortable putting Spears in my flex position on a weekly basis now.
0: Well, we've already talked about it once on this podcast where the rookie running back rules only increase as the season moves along. So not only is Tajay Spears borderline into that like standalone value right now where you can play him, like you said, Derek, in a full PPR format, you can play him in a pinch right now, not only that right now, but the potential to only increase as the season moves along Plus the potential upside. If something were to happen to Derek Henry, Taiji Spears needs to be a pickup. I absolutely love the call. Alfredo, who's that RB2 on the week for you?
1: So this one might be surprising because it maybe sounds like it's a week late, but he's still available in 53% of leagues. And it's Jaleel McLaughlin running back for the Denver Broncos. And listen, he's just been the most explosive running back out of this group. He's had back-to-back top 10 finishes. And I know there's the, the impending doom of Javante Williams coming back off of his injury, but... We look back at these last two games that McLaughlin's had, last two games, he's averaging nearly nine yards per carry and three receptions per game. He's hyper-efficient. He's creating explosive plays in both the run game and the passing game. We know that once Sean Payton likes a guy, he's going to continue to use that player. Uh, we saw it early in Alvin Kamara's career. We might be seeing the same thing here with Jaleel McLaughlin. And I, I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say he's been the best player on the Broncos offense over the past couple of weeks here. And then you look back at what Javante Williams was doing, not even cracking four yards per carry. I know he's coming off of the injury uh, with the the, the brutal knee injury and surgery in the offseason. And now another injury. Uh, This is very similar to me to Tajay Spears. It's not a guy who's necessarily a handcuff. This is a guy who has now carved out a role in an offense that is just starving for playmakers. Uh, You said Sean Payton has a tendency to utilize players that he likes.
0: Uh, See Taysom Hill. So, yes, if we get Jaleel McLaughlin producing the way that he is here recently, I think that the workload and opportunity is only going to increase. We were talking about that, Derek, in our Slack DM yesterday watching the game. Like, I'm really interested now to see what this split looks like when Javante Williams does come back, because I don't think you can take Jaleel McLaughlin off of the field. If he is still available in your league, you're going to have to pay up. But I do think that he is worth chasing here. Derek, who's that number one running back pickup on the week for you?
2: I'll be honest, I didn't even think to add Jaleel McLaughlin to this list because I didn't think there was a chance in, you know, H-E-L-L that he would be available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. But if he is, please go add him immediately. He's at the top of this list. But the way that I see it, it's finally time where Roshan Johnson is going to see a significantly expanded role in an offense that has looked right over the last two weeks and i understand he suffered a concussion so certainly you have to monitor that and see if he clears concussion protocol i'm not saying he has a little bit a couple extra days though yep. to be able to clear concussion protocol because it took their game took place on thursday night football and they're playing the minnesota vikings in week 6 and Khalil Herbert dealing with a high ankle sprain. Looks like he's probably going to be unavailable for this Minnesota game. Keep an eye on Donta Foreman. He's been a healthy scratch, I think, since week two. He may be active now, <laughs> so they're not having to rely on Corey Blossom game. But I believe Roshan Johnson is going to get the start if he is available. I believe that we saw he was off to a pretty good start on the ground before he exited the game against the Commanders. This kid can absolutely play, and I, I'm such a believer in him, and particular now with the offense looking like they're moving in the right direction with Justin Fields. Luke Getzey called himself a really good game against the Washington Commanders. I'm very excited to see if Roja, Roshan Johnson is available in week six, what he can do with a lead role.
0: The next three matchups for the Chicago Bears, the Minnesota Vikings in week six, the Las Vegas Raiders in week seven and the Los Angeles Chargers in week eight. So if Roshan Johnson has the RB1 role in this offense, man, he could be on the top 24 uh, territory here moving forward. Alfredo, who is that RB1 pickup on the week for you?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here, but it's a lot of copy and paste of what uh, you and Derek have said here. It's Roshan Johnson. He's available at 63 percent of leagues. Bears are just picking up at the right time. 71 points in two games after scoring just 47 points in the first three games. And it breaks my heart, Kyle. You know, I love Khalil Herbert, uh, maybe just as much as his own family. But he's been phenomenal over these last couple games and it just it just shows you that there is a blueprint here for the running game to work once again in Chicago and Roshan Johnson has been pretty good when he's been out there averaging nearly five yards per carry. He gets uh, some good work in the passing game. He's a good pass blocker, even though that hasn't really come to fruition here in the league just yet, but it should get better with the more reps he gets. And like you mentioned, it's that really juicy schedule coming up, Minnesota, Las Vegas, the Chargers, and you're probably looking at Herbert missing two, maybe three weeks with Roshan Johnson taking over, and I'm not really worried about Deontay Foreman cutting into some of that passing work. All right, let's move into the wide receiver
0: position here to keep it moving. Derek, who is at number five wide receiver pickup on the week for you?
2: Yeah, I want to really keep an eye on this player, and I was super high on him coming out of the University of North Carolina. His name is Josh Downs, and when we saw Gardner Minshew get the start in week three against the Baltimore Ravens, he saw a, a season-high 12 targets. Now with Anthony Richardson again exiting the game in Week 5, six catches, for our six targets, six receptions, 97 yards, a uh, season-high yardage total. I believe that Downs is going to be someone that is peppered with targets uh, because of his ability to win quickly off the line of scrimmage. Gardner Minshew trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly. I see this being a match made in heaven. While Anthony Richardson is unavailable, and I just like what I've seen from the rookie, he's kind of really fit into that that kind of hybrid slot, uh, two number two role, uh, very nicely through the first five games of the NFL season.
0: Definitely, the talent level is there. Loved his tape coming out of North Carolina. We'll see what he can do here with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Worth the pickup. Alfredo, did Josh Downs crack the top five for you?
1: He did, he did. I'll talk about him a little later. He's a, a bit higher up the list for me. All right, perfect. Let's go to wide receiver five on the week for you. Yeah, number five, I'm going with Rasheed Rice, a wide receiver out of Kansas City. And it's not pretty yet, okay? But it's kind of trying to read the tea leaves and let's project going forward. He's had five or more targets in four or five games so far this season. What we haven't seen, right, is that he's just fifth in snaps and fifth in routes run on the team. But this past week, he was first in the team with a 50% target per route run rate. It's the fourth week in a row that he has either led the team or tied for the lead uh, on the team in target per route run rate. That's really hard to say amongst all the wide receivers. So there is there's a usage going on here that maybe it hasn't turned into a lot of fantasy production, but when he's out on the field, Patrick Mahomes is targeting him. And with rookies, we see that snap count should continue to grow as the weeks go on. Derek, did Rasheed Rice crack the top five for you?
2: He did. He came up a little bit higher at number two for me, and all those reasons you just mentioned are pretty much copy and paste. <laughs> I'll, I'll even spare you the 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 you know mouthful of some of those advanced analytics uh, that are all trending in the right direction for Rasheed Rice. And I know that you know Kyle Sapi, who's not on this, but he's a normal part of the uh, Pfn Fantasy YouTube podcast. Um, was super high on Rasheed Rice heading into this contest and found the end zone. Certainly if there's one receiver in this Kansas city receiver room or group that seems to be trending in the right direction, it feels like it's Rasheed Rice. So if that's the case, I kind of want to get a share of someone who is moving in the right direction. The needle's going up as opposed to middling or even pointing down um, as the season progresses we tend to see rookie wide receivers uh, get a bigger share of the work uh, and that seems to be the case for Rasheed Rice
0: and something else to continue to monitor here as we move throughout this week I know Travis Kelsey came back but potential high ankle sprain we don't know if he's going to miss time here that could be a situation to monitor as well and if Travis Kelsey does not play then suddenly you're looking like the wide receiver that is trending up in this offense moves from someone that's like a top 40 wide receiver someone that you can start to now like Okay, I think we need to start Rasheed Rice here in Week Six in this matchup. So definitely something to keep an eye on there. Alfredo, I'll send it back to you. Who is that wide receiver four? Pick up on the week for you.
1: So wide receiver four. This is another one I'm trying to project going forward. It's Jamison Williams, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. He's available in 60% of leagues, and I I I think that what we're going to see here is a lot of people being impatient and hoping that he was going to come out and explode in this first week uh, with Amon Ross, Saint Brown being out and Jameer Gibbs being out, but we've are we've already been told this the lions are easing him back in and we saw even in this first game where they're easing him back in more snaps than any game last season nearly 50 percent of the snaps and it wasn't pretty okay just two receptions on three targets for two yards it's not great but we know this is a player with a good pedigree a player that was able to produce massively at alabama in college and this was kind of a weird kind of wonky game script where Jared Goff was super efficient, 20-28, to three touchdowns. Sam LaPorta had a couple of touchdowns. Lions were up by 18 at the start of the fourth quarter. So this just like this wasn't really a normal game for them. We should see more passing work for Jameson Williams and the Lions going up against Tampa Bay next week. And if Amon-Ra St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs continue to miss any time, this could really open up the door for Jameson Williams.
0: Listen, I've done shows with you long enough, Alfredo, that I could have put significant money that you were going to talk about Jamison Williams (laughs) here. Your love affair with Jamison Williams saw that coming from a mile away. I like the call. Derek, let's send it back to you. Number four wide receiver pickup on the week.
2: I understand the love affair with Jamison Williams. I, I like him as a prospect coming out of college, and I know that he can be a dynamic playmaker. We just haven't seen it really at all during his NFL career. I know he had one catch his rookie season that went for a touchdown. That's nice. We just haven't seen enough work yet. And while I agree that he was being eased in, Josh Reynolds was questionable heading into this contest and still caught four of his five targets for 76 yards and a touchdown. And that's who's number four on my list is Josh Reynolds. And I, we don't really know whether or not Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be available in week six against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If he is, obviously he'll be the alpha in that receiver room. But right now, I just, I feel more comfortable with what Josh Reynolds has put out there as far as his involvement in the offense, than projecting what could be, what might be with Jamison Williams. Certainly, I understand the case for it. I'm not going to argue that, but. You know, Reynolds has been productive and currently sits as the wide receiver 28 through the first month of the season. Um, So I'm Josh Reynolds is the guy that I feel more comfortable adding and starting right now.
0: Uh, Outside of week three, where I can't remember off the top of my head if he even played in that one. But regardless, finished with zero targets, zero receptions. Then you're looking at wide receiver 30 fantasy finish, wide receiver eight, wide receiver 39, wide receiver 13. The guy's getting it done. Now, we do have to be concerned about Jamison Williams and the snap count increasing for sure. But in the meantime, you're leaving solid production there sitting on your waiver wire if he is still available. 70% of leaks, Josh Reynolds is sitting there for you. Alfredo, I'm going to send it back to you. I have lost track, my friend. Are we at wide receiver three pickup on the week?
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, wide receiver three. Uh, And, and, you know, I told you I'd I'd talk about this guy. It's K.J. Osborne for the Minnesota Vikings. He's available in 78% of leagues, and uh, I'm not going to rehash too much of it, but he's just that wide receiver handcuff for a really good passing offense. And if Justin Jefferson is going to miss time, you want a guy who's going to be getting a piece of this pie, uh, especially with a great matchup going up against the Chicago Bears here in week six. uh, We saw this past week, most snaps of any wide receiver on the team. Jordan Addison has been kind of slowly coming along, but they still haven't fully unleashed him and uh, KJ Osborne this past week tied for first on the team in targets. So it's always a possibility that it happens and if Justin Jefferson misses time, KJ Osborne kind of becomes an easy plug and play starter. Yeah, I think uh, KJ Osborne at wide receiver four pickup on the week here for me.
0: Definitely someone worth looking at in deeper formats. It's going to be one of those things like if you need a spot start here this week, there are other names that you should go after. However, if you're looking into that low end flex territory and half PPR scoring formats, a, a player that you can roll out there as sort of fill in if you're dealing with the buys that are here this week, then definitely be looking at KJ Osborne here because the opportunity is there with Justin Jefferson potentially missing time. Derek, I'm going to send it back to you. Wide receiver three pickup on the week.
2: Yeah, it's another copy and paste from last week, and it's Curtis Samuel. The commander's offense, it feels as if they're spreading the ball all over the place. It doesn't feel like we have a true number one top dog receiver. I understand Terry McLaurin has been that in the past. I understand Jahan Dotson has a great profile. Unfortunately, McLaurin has 31 targets on the season, Dotson has 30, and Curtis Samuel has 27, but also has carried the ball two or three times this season, if I remember correctly. And Samuel is just as involved. I mean, like the McLaurin's got two, 261 yards receiving, Samuel's got 243. And so I feel like all of these commanders receivers range somewhere around 25 to 40 in the weekly wide receiver rankings which is right around wide receiver three flex range so curtis samuel while yeah he isn't the like prospect that i like in comparison to mclaurin and dotson he's just as involved so if that's the case you know and he's going to continue to put up the type of performance that he did against chicago bears yeah i mean it's a boring option but It's an option that can get you by during bye weeks.
0: Yeah, I think Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, these guys are continued to be started in fantasy football leagues despite inconsistent production, yet Curtis Samuel available in 85% of leagues here. So Curtis Samuel, definitely worth picking up my number three option as well. Alfredo, who is at wide receiver two on the week for you?
1: So, Derek and I, we actually flip flopped. My number five was his number two, and then his number five is my number two. Josh Downs, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts, and available in 89% of leagues. And a lot of it is, you know, Derek, what you already touched upon, which is he does really well with Gardner Minshew. At least six receptions and 55 yards in both games with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. He was wide receiver 37, and then this last week, wide receiver 17. So, there might be some people that are hopping on that bandwagon now after a really good week, but. You know, we've got this next game going up against Jacksonville, which is going to be a fun little revenge game narrative for Gardner Minshew could require a lot more passing than we've seen for the Colts. And uh, I mean, when we talk about how long this injury could be for Anthony Richardson, you're talking about a almost plug and play wide receiver three or flex all the way through week 11. If Gardner Minshew is at quarterback with Josh Downs, who... I think it's just a phenomenally underrated rookie wide receiver out of this class. So uh, his skill set just lends to heavy volume at the wide receiver position. That's why he's my number two for the week.
0: Josh Downs also at wide receiver two pick up on the week here for me at the wide receiver position. Derek, who is at number one for you?
2: Yeah, after that pitch, I'm moving downs up to two. No, I'm not. (laughs) No, I really like Josh Downs. He should be on your roster in deeper PPR leagues. Uh, Number two was Rasheed Rice, Uh, and all. I don't want to like you know copy and paste. I'm just really encouraged by what I've seen as far as his recent trends and involvement in the Kansas City offense, and it feels like he is beginning to not separate himself from the pack, but he is catching the eyes of not only the coaching staff but Patrick Mahomes as well, and. Those are two things that intrigue me a lot for fantasy football and his availability in, in Yahoo leagues is, you know, he's still available in over half of them. So I'd go get him, stash him away and see if his role continues to expand.
0: All right. Who's that number one on the week there for you, Derek?
2: So this one's really interesting because the New York Giants offense has been atrocious, as we all know, without Saquon. But they've been bad the whole year, but even more so with without Saquon Barkley. Three games, they have one offensive touchdown, and that was two <laughs> two weeks or three weeks ago, three games ago, uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. It was a rushing touchdown from Matt Breida. But Wandale Robinson has now seen his targets, snaps, expand since he made his debut in week three, only played 22% of the snaps. Still saw five targets in that game, but then in weeks four and in, weeks, in week five, Over 64% of the uh, snaps, saw six targets in each game. He even looked like he was knocked out of the game with a concussion. They said it on the broadcast, and then all of a sudden, Robinson's back on the football field. I'm really encouraged by this kid's skill set. I think he's one of the few guys in this receiver room that can win at the line of scrimmage and become an option for a struggling offense that can't seem to protect their quarterback. I just feel like, yeah, the average depth of target is not going to be good, but if they can ever get Saquon back and Daniel Jones and the offensive line kind of coming together and look like what we saw from last season, I'm actually very intrigued about what we can see from Wandale Robinson moving forward.
0: All right, Alfredo, let's keep it moving. Your number one wide receiver pickup on the week.
2: This surprised me that he's this available in
1: leagues. Joshua Palmer for the Los Angeles Chargers is available in 47% of Yahoo League's 59% 59% of ESPN leagues. Why is he still out there, people? Do we have that many dead leagues out there? Like, What are we doing? This is supposed to be the number two wide receiver for one of the absolute best passing offenses in the league. We know that Mike Williams is out for the season. And in 2022, without Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, 21% target share, nine targets per game, 12.5 PPR points per game. Why is that out in your waiver wire right now? I just, I I don't get it. You should absolutely be prioritizing him. Uh, He's the, he is the wide receiver that's being currently used in two wide receiver sets over Quentin Johnston, who I still think he's going to need a bit more time to develop. You know, he still was not the developed route runner coming out of college. He had a few things to clean up. Joshua Palmer is going to eat up these targets while he can. And Justin Herbert, has been kind of looking like a borderline MVP candidate throughout this year. And Joshua Palmer, 15 targets of the last two games. We, we're seeing it already this year. He's a wide receiver three or better every single week with big time upside with Justin Herbert. So yeah, go out there and get him if he's available in your leagues. I love the inclusion
0: because he was not on my radar whatsoever. I thought for sure that he would be someone that was rostered and over this threshold that we set here for these leagues. And so I I love the call there. And also the benefit is that his bye week is past him. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about the bye week for Joshua Palmer moving out throughout the rest of the season. Let's move into quarterback waiver wire options here. Derek, who is a quarterback quarterback worth looking at in week six due to their matchup from the waiver wire?
2: I promise it's not because I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, but. Baker Mayfield against the Detroit Lions kind of intrigues me a little bit. Look, Baker has put up 20 or more fantasy points in three of the first four games of the season. Now, one thing I want to keep an eye on is if Mike Evans is going to be available against the Detroit Lions, because if he is unavailable, then I'm a little bit less excited about streaming this option. But the Detroit Lions offense is humming right now. And while I do think the Bucs defense is a little bit better than I anticipated, I still think that the Detroit lions are going to find success. We were talking about Josh Reynolds. We're talking about Jamison Williams. You know, they probably get amon Ross St. Brown back against the Buccaneers and Sam LaPorte is balling out. So I think the lions are going to be able to put up points, but Baker Mayfield has proven so far this season, with the exception of the one dud against the Philadelphia Eagles in week three, that he's a viable streaming option. And, We just, I mean, I know it feels like forever ago because the New Orleans Saints just shut out the New England Patriots in their own building, but Baker Mayfield threw three touchdown passes for 246 yards against that Saints secondary with Mike Evans out of the contest for a good portion of it. So I like Baker Mayfield this week as a streaming option against the Detroit Lions.
0: Definitely someone that you can roll with there. Uh, Just over 84% uh, available in in, uh, fantasy football leagues you're moving forward so baker mayfield definitely someone to keep an eye on there as you set waiver wire claims and you need a streamer alfredo who is someone worth looking at at the quarterback position on the waiver wire this week
1: matthew stafford going up against the arizona cardinals we saw i mean this this rams offense is i don't want to say they're back but they're pretty darn good cooper cubs back puka nakua still has a role tutu atwell's still getting in on the action i mean everything looks good for this passing game Going up against the Arizona Cardinals this next week, Cardinals are seventh in points allowed to quarterbacks. We just saw Joe Burrow. All of a sudden, he got himself a get right, get healthy game, whatever we want to call it, 300-plus passing yards, three touchdowns. Matt Stafford's been a top 15 quarterback in each of the last two games, and he's got all of his best weapons there in front of him. Matt Stafford becomes an easy pickup and stream this week. I think he's someone that might be
0: more than just a pickup and stream moving forward. If you're going to have Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua operating like that, that was the big question going into this past matchup was what is the workload going to look like for Puka Nakua? We got clarity on it that both are going to be viable fantasy options moving forward. Matthew Stafford, an excellent pickup here. Let's move to the tight end position. Derek, who is a tight end worth looking at here on the waiver wire?
2: So, I mean, and just to touch on the Rams, I love that Stafford pick. If you were to slap Woods's name on the back of Nakua's jersey, I don't think you would notice the difference. Uh, That's how similar they are to me as players. So the Washington Commanders, I know that it's not always a flashy pick to go with one of their pass catcher options. We already talked about Curtis Samuel, but, um, you know, Logan Thomas is someone that I thought looked fantastic against the Chicago Bears and had a breakout performance. It's been a weird year for him. He caught the touchdown against the Denver Broncos. Unfortunately, that went hand-in-hand hand on the single play that he suffered a concussion. So then he missed Week 3, You know, kind of eased back in in Week 4, and then exploded back in Week 5. They're going to go, be going up against the Atlanta Falcons, which have been allowing the second-most fantasy points to opposing tight ends at 134 fantasy points per game so i kind of like logan thomas as a streaming option this week
0: i agree with you there my number one tight end pickup on the week alfredo who is the tight end worth looking at for you
1: yeah let's all just triple down on this logan thomas going up against the atlanta falcons like you mentioned atlanta's allowing over 15 ppr points per game third most in the league i'm not just gonna just keep repeating all of it but i mean giving up three touchdowns to tight ends in five weeks allowing basically six receptions per game and Logan Thomas has become the go-to guy in this offense. He's Right now, he's tight end six in points per game. What? This was was not on my bingo card, as, as we all like to say. I don't understand why he's still out on waivers. This is a guy we probably should have been adding speculatively a couple weeks ago
0: widely, widely available in fantasy football leagues. You're on the waiver wire this week. So go get Logan Thomas. If we're continuing to play this tight end roulette in fantasy football, and you're tired of playing that game, go get Logan Thomas because he seems to be a very, very solid and stable option here. Moving forward. Let's move to DST pickups on the week. Derek, who is Derek? Who is a DST,
2: who is a DST option for you this week? Speaking of roulette, there's a quarterback roulette going on in new England right now. It's they've played two weeks. Uh, they, that game of quarterback roulette. We've seen Mac Jones get the hook in two consecutive games. Bailey Zappi come in, not look all that much more effective in two consecutive games. So, while this New England offense is trying to figure out what they're doing on the offensive side of the on the football, and including in particular in the passing game. I think the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, become a streaming option this week. Not one that I'm super excited about, but they do have one of the premier pass rushers in the league in Mad Max Crosby that can, you know, make life kind of miserable for opposing quarterbacks. for sacks through the first four games. So if you're looking for a really, really deep option uh, for defense special teams, I think the Raiders fit the bill.
0: I just released my early week six DST rankings on the website, pfnfantasy.com this morning and wrote up the Las Vegas Raiders that if you need a streaming option, it feels absolutely gross. It's the Raiders defense, but they're going up against the New England Patriots, an option worth looking at Alfredo. How about for you a DST looking at here in week six?
1: So this is a team that I had actually talked about and where I had a little bit of worried uh, for the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud this week, because they were going up against the Atlanta Falcons and the Falcons DST has actually been good. In years past, they've been kind of the punching bag, but they've been pretty solid throughout this year. They're going up against the Washington Commanders, and it's it's weird that we'll, we'll both recommend a tight right. end to stream from the Commanders, but then I'm given a defense here. Right. Uh, the, the Commanders are allowing the fourth most points to DSTs. They're just simply allowing too many sacks uh, for Sam Howell. 29 sacks in five games, most in the NFL on pace to just absolutely shatter the quarterback sack record. Not in a good way here. Uh, last three weeks, They've been top, excuse me, top eight versus fantasy quarterbacks, uh, the Atlanta Falcons uh, defense here. They've only allowed three passing touchdowns in three games, no touchdowns to running backs all season, and just one touchdown to wide receivers over the last three games. So if there's anyone that's going to score from this commander's offense, it's probably just Logan Thomas. And then they're going to be causing fits for Sam Howell in this commander's offense. I love the call there. Let's move into top 10 overall
0: waiver Wire pickups on the week. Derek, I will start here with you.
2: Yeah, I just typed him in. Mercado. I'm not even going to try his first name again. Uh, Mason at number nine, uh, Jordan Mason. Then Josh Downs at eight. Justice Hill at seven. Josh Reynolds at six. Curtis Samuel at five. Rasheed Rice at four. Wandale Robinson at three. Tajay Spears at number two. And Roshan Johnson at number one overall.
0: Alfredo, how about for you, top 10 in list format all the way down to number one?
2: Yeah, we're going to go to uh, number
1: 10 is Amari Di Mercado. Number nine is Kendry Miller. Number eight is going to be Rasheed Rice. Number seven, Jamison Williams. Number six, looking at running back, Taiji Spears. Number five, KJ Osborne. Number four, Josh Downs. Number three, Jaleel McLaughlin. Number two, Roshan Johnson. And number one for me, Josh Palmer of the Los Angeles Chargers. That will do it here for week six waiver wire podcast. Make sure to come back to
0: the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at PFN fantasy on Tuesday afternoon. Kyle Soppy will be going live to answer your waiver wire questions here. So if we didn't get to a player that you have questions about Uh, you know, picking up here in your league, make sure to come back to that. YouTube.com slash at PFN fantasy one o'clock Eastern there where Soppy will be answering your waiver wire questions here. Alfredo, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to jump on, drop some waiver wire knowledge. What do you got going on this year that people need to know about and where can they find and follow you on social media?
1: Yeah, well, you can always follow me on social media at the pretend GM on all various social media platforms. And then you can go check out my show with Dave Kluge over on football guys on the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash football guys. We've got the football guys, fantasy football show, very aptly named. Uh, We're on Monday through Thursdays, and we've got a uh, Friday audio show and a Sunday morning live start sit to answer all of your uh, lineup questions. Absolutely. Again, thanks so much for taking some time out
0: and chatting here with us. All right, that will do it for Alfredo Brown and Derek Tate. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.